Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Today, we have an all-new episode for you. We're going to head out to the Crystal Coast, and we're going to explore the haunted history of one of Beaufort, North Carolina's oldest buildings. Or at least that's what they say. But first, let's talk a little podcast business. Just last week, I joined my friend Eric on his show, The Unseen Paranormal Podcast. Now, Eric has had a ton of big-name guests from the paranormal world on the show, and I was really honored to have a chance to chat with him about some of the stories that we've covered here on Southern Gothic, as well as dive a little deeper into a few of them that have sort of evolved a little more since we put the episode out. Because, as y'all know, these stories are always changing. They're always evolving. In fact, Eric and I even talked a little bit about one that I'm currently incredibly fascinated with, The Curse of Lake Lanier. Back in 2019, we actually put out an episode on this infamous lake that has reportedly been the most lethal in the country. But since then, a lot of new elements have been included in folks' tellings of the tale. Or, if you believe that it is in fact cursed, there's new theories as to why. Getting to watch this unfold has been absolutely fascinating, and I hope that eventually I'll be able to get something over on Patreon about it. Kind of a little add-on to the original episode, but if you can't wait for us to get that out, go listen to Eric's show, The Unseen Paranormal Podcast. You'll get a little sneak peek into some of that additional research on that, as well as my usual discussion about how old ghost stories evolve over time and my typical paranormal ramblings that you guys hear all the time, but go see what it's like on Eric's show, right? <laughs> 
Check it out, the Unseen Paranormal Podcast. The link is in the show notes. Now, one more thing before we get moving. I actually have some pretty big news for us. Brienne and I have decided to go ahead and join some of our friends like Astonishing Legends and the Conspirators and the A-Paranormal Chicks over on the Audio Boom Creator Network. What does that mean? Well, it means that our episodes will start being sponsored by outside companies, and we're going to start including some of those ads throughout the show. Of course, in order to do this, we're going to likely have to make a few changes to the episode structure so it sounds natural, but all in all, this is a great opportunity for Brienne and I to grow, and it's something we've spent a lot of hours trying to get to. So I'd greatly appreciate it if y'all would bear with us as we continue to evolve. That being said, I promise the show can only get better with the backing of these sponsors. So please show them some love, and if you don't want to hear about them, you can always head over to Patreon and get ad-free listens there. So with that, let's talk a little bit about where we're headed today. Beaufort, North Carolina. And before some of y'all email me about my pronunciation, it is in fact Beaufort. Beaufort is in South Carolina. Well, anyway, Beaufort is one of North Carolina's oldest towns. It was officially founded in the early 18th century by British colonists. But the community itself had already been there for several decades in the form of a small fishing village and a port of safety known as Fishtown. Then, by 1722, the Lord's proprietor recognized it as a, quote, port for the unloading and discharging of vessels. And as a result, the town began to flourish, and hundreds of naval vessels passed in and out of the Beaufort Inlet each and every year. Of course, naturally, not all mariners to come to the seaside town were reputable ones. And as the town grew in prominence, so too did the influx of notorious pirates. For those of you that have been longtime listeners, you might remember one of these visitors from an old episode we did called Blackbeard's Demise. 1996, divers off the coast of North Carolina uncovered the wreck of Blackbeard's notorious ship the Queen Anne's Revenge. Too large for the shallow waters of the Outer Banks, Teach and his crew ran it aground while entering the Beaufort Inlet on June 10th, 1718, just after the infamous blockade of the Charleston Harbor. Hundreds of artifacts have been recovered since its discovery, including navigational tools, cannons, and weapons a treasure trove of information on one of the most iconic and feared ships of the golden age of piracy. Well, apparently Blackbeard's ship wasn't the only thing he left behind, as today there's an old home there in Beaufort that is steeped in this infamous pirate's lore. It's a historic place now known as the Hammock House. While the Hammock House is most widely known for its association with the world's most infamous pirate, this historic property is steeped in local lore. Stories and legends that claim that it is still occupied by scores of spirits who visited this one-time inn and never left. My name is Brandon Schecksneider. 
and you are listening to Southern Gothic. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. beautiful, historic hammock house has purportedly been a landmark in Beaufort, North Carolina for centuries. When exactly it was built is unknown, but some reports say that by 1703, it was already serving as an inn, known on early maps as the White House, a noted physical location that helped guide early mariners safely through the shoals and into the harbor. The structure itself is located near Taylor's Creek, built atop a low hill, or hammock, hence the name, and it is three stories tall, with large freestanding chimneys on either end. A stunning view of the Beaufort Inlet and miles of vast ocean are visible from the hammock house's shaded porches on both the first and second floors. And when it was first built, Taylor's Creek ran close enough to the inn that a pier was less than 20 feet from the front door, allowing incoming captains to arrive by water, while a formal driveway for coaches circled the rear of the property. It is said that the hammock house was a place where everyone wanted to be, and it didn't take long for it to earn a reputation for being the height of luxury and elegance in the region. Not only did it boast beautiful accommodations, but over the years it also served as the host to an extravagant social scene with frequent parties, balls, and lavish forms of entertainment. With such a high profile, it's unsurprising that the hammock house attracted quite a few characters over the years, some esteemable and some with a more nefarious reputation. And as a result, 
the Hammock House has acquired more than its fair share of legends over the years. And according to local lore, the spirits of some of these guests still remain to this very day. According to legend, the most notorious visitor to the Hammock House was Edward Teach, the infamous pirate Blackbeard. Teach was said to be something of a semi-regular visitor to the inn, but one particular stay has become cemented into the lore of the home. For Blackbeard, this visit to Beaufort was unlike others he had made, as he planned to take up residence for a longer period of time while the ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge, was being refitted. As was his custom, he arrived at the inn in his rowboat, but this time, Blackbeard was not alone. He had brought with him a young woman, likely no more than 18 years old. Whether she was there willingly or not is unknown, but what is, is quite gruesome. By the time his ship was ready to set sail, the pirate was done with the girl, so he took her into the yard behind the inn and hanged her from an oak tree. The reason that was given for this violent act varies depending on the storyteller. Some say she tried to escape and he grew angry, and others that he was simply sadistic and bored. Either way, the woman was brutally murdered. Today, Visitors to Beaufort claim that on some nights, sounds of this struggle can be heard echoing throughout the yard of the hammock house. There have even purportedly been sightings of a dark figure standing beside the oak tree that is believed by many to be the one used for this heinous act. But whether this ghostly figure is that of the ill-fated woman, or possibly even Blackbeard himself, is unknown. In 1925, a variation of the tale was published in the Raleigh, North Carolina newspaper, The News and Observer. This particular telling claims that the hammock house actually served as Blackbeard's area headquarters, and that he did once bring a girlfriend there, who he then killed after an argument. However, this murder was in the house, and the newspaper reported that to this day, bloodstains remain on the attic floor where the murder took place. Current owner Betty Cloutier purchased the home with her husband Giles in 1995, and on an episode of Ghost Lab released in 2009, she shared her version of the story as she understands it, agreeing that the house is in fact haunted. We heard when we bought the house that there were ghosts. The most famous one was the girl. Blackbeard had a thing for young girls, and apparently he brought this young girl here, and she naturally was not happy and screamed the whole time. And at a certain point, when the moon was full, according to the story, he took her in the backyard and hung her and buried her in the yard. And so when the moon is full, she's supposed to cry. Of course, with over three centuries of history, Blackbeard and his mistress aren't the only spirits believed to inhabit the hammock house. 
it is said that one of the more law-abiding sea captains to invest in and stay on the property was a man by the name of Madison Brothers. Considered to be the epitome of a hard-nosed seaman, Brothers grew up on ships and was fiercely ambitious, determined that he would one day captain his own vessel. So he fought for everything he wanted, saving all of his money and possibly even conniving some men out of theirs. And eventually, he was successful and got a ship of his own. Brothers was known to be an able and competent captain and merchant who grew wealthy trading up and down the ports of the Atlantic Ocean. There was, however, one significant flaw in Captain Madison Brothers' character, his temper. It was said that Brothers would fly into a rage at the least bit of provocation, and when he drank heavily, which was often, his temper grew even shorter and more foul. It was for this reason that Captain Madison Brothers earned the nickname Mad Brothers. Eventually, after the captain felt he had achieved his goals and accumulated enough wealth, he decided it was time to find a wife. But the search did not go as planned. Mad Brothers went up and down the coast, struggling to find a woman willing to marry him due to his notorious temper. Until finally, while in Baltimore, he met Samantha Ashby, an orphan young woman whose only remaining family was a brother in the Navy who had long been away at sea. Miss Ashby had delicate features and an enchanting personality, so Captain Brothers wasted no time in proposing after a very brief courtship. But now that she was engaged, Miss Ashby feared that her seafaring beau might meet another woman in some exotic port. So she eagerly planned a wedding as quickly as possible, a wedding that would take place at the hammock house as soon as both parties could get there. The bride and her wedding party then traveled south from Baltimore to Beaufort by stagecoach, and Captain Brothers sailed his ship. When Miss Ashby arrived at the hammock house, she discovered Brothers' ship hadn't gotten there yet. But there was a ship that had recently docked, the British warship HMS Diligent. And ironically, it was aboard this ship that her brother, Lieutenant Carruthers Ashby, served. Some folks say the siblings unknowingly discovered each other as they walked about the town. Others, that they locked eyes across the dance floor at one of the many hammock house balls. But how they were reunited does not matter, as for the next several days, they never left each other's sight. During that time, the pair enjoyed walking through town and picnicking at what is now the old burying ground. They laughed and they cried, and often they spoke of Miss Ashby's excitement for her upcoming wedding. But the days grew longer and longer as no word of Captain Brother's arrival was received. Then one evening, the Ashby siblings decided to attend a party at the hammock house. Some claim it was actually held in honor of her upcoming nuptials. Others, that it was a celebration to honor the HMS Diligence officers who were set to sail the next day. But whatever the reason, the outcome proved tragic. 
Around the time the party commenced, Mad Brother's ship pulled into port. After leaving Baltimore, the ship's first mate grew incredibly ill, forcing them to make an unplanned stop and leaving Brother shorthanded, a problem that was further compounded by damage from a severe storm. So upon his arrival in Beaufort, Captain Brothers and his men went for a drink at the pub. But when he was there, he overheard gossip about a young sailor who had been seen walking arm in arm and laughing with the woman who everyone knew to be Miss Ashby. As can be expected, the captain's notorious anger was sparked and Mad Brothers began seeing pure red. He and his men then headed straight to Hammock House and burst into the ballroom where he saw the beautiful Miss Ashby, his soon-to-be wife, dancing in the arms of a handsome young sailor. Brothers immediately flew into a rage, pulling his fiancée away from the man before drawing his sword. Without once stopping to ask questions, he attacked the sailor while his men held back the crowd. Having no other option, Carruthers Ashby was forced to draw his sword as well. And although his sister screamed for him to stop, begging and pleading for a chance to explain it all to her fiance, her cries fell upon deaf ears. Mad Brother's anger had taken hold and his attack was relentless. Yet Lieutenant Ashby only sought to protect himself for he had no wish to injure his sister's fiance. After all, he knew that this was nothing more than a misunderstanding. But as he was pushed into the stairwell by the captain's offensive, the lieutenant was forced to lunge forward in an attempt to escape. Unfortunately, this caused Ashby to fall off balance. He tripped on the narrow staircase and then fell to the ground, defenseless. Without any thought of mercy, Captain Brothers pulled a knife from his belt and stabbed the sailor through his heart. Screaming in terror, Miss Samantha Ashby ran to her brother's side and as she reached her fallen sibling, Captain Madison Brothers spat in her direction, gathered his men, and departed. His ship set sail before dawn the next morning, and it's said that Mad Brothers never again returned to Beaufort, and disturbingly, he never learned that the man he had murdered was not the romantic rival he believed him to be. As for Miss Ashby, she stayed at her brother's side as attempts were made to save him. But ultimately, he succumbed to his wound, and it is said that with his dying breath, the lieutenant requested to be buried in full naval dress, standing at attention facing home to England, saluting the king. So today, visitors to Beaufort's old burying ground can still pay their respects the murdered officer. But as for his spirit, it's said that when the weather is foggy or exceedingly damp, the red stain of blood on the stairs where Lieutenant Ashby died becomes clear to observers, and that some nights the sound of music and laughter can be heard on the property, along with the clanging sounds of swords engaged in a deadly duel. These tales of Blackbeard and Mad Brothers have been passed down for generations. 
but how rooted in fact they truly are is up for debate, especially since a news story has emerged featuring one-time Hammock House owner Richard Russell Jr. And this story seems to purport some of the same elements as the Blackbeard and Mad Brothers legends. We'll explore these new developments and more after the break. Y'all, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about one of my favorite nonprofit organizations here in Middle Tennessee. It's called Poster Nashville. Now, this organization supports people during times of housing or medical crises by providing compassionate, temporary care for their pets. That's right. Poster helps secure loving homes for beloved little furballs when their human companions are going through things that might otherwise cause them to have to give them up. But since Poster began back in 2020, they've been able to reunite nearly 250 pets with their loving pet parents after they were able to secure housing, keeping families together through tough times. Of course, y'all, I have to say from personal experience, it's been an awesome program to be around. My kids and I have been fortunate enough to hang out with some of the pups. And trust me, what Poster is doing through a devoted network of volunteers is absolutely heartwarming. So if you'd like to help, Poster is in the middle of their annual fundraiser right now, trying to hit a goal of $20,000. And it would mean the world to me if you'd consider helping us get there. All you got to do is visit southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. That's right, southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. While the local lore surrounding Blackbeard and Madison Brothers are certainly the most infamous and possibly even oldest legends at the Hammock House, they're certainly not the only tales of violence and tragedy. In fact, one story seems to have actually been born out of a combination of the two. In 1979, Raleigh's paper the News and Observer published the tale of a British naval captain who returned to the hammock house after an extended sea voyage. Eager to see his wife again, the man rushed from the dock to the home, and upon entering it, he discovered she was there dancing in the arms of another man, presumably her lover. Outraged at the scene, the man chased him up the stairs toward the attic before killing him in cold blood. 
but his anger was not satiated. So the naval officer then turned to his wife, dragged her out of the building and into the yard where he hanged her from a large tree. According to this story, it is these murdered lovers who haunt the hammock house today. Whether this story predates that of Blackbeard or Madison Brothers is unknown but unlikely, as clearly it sounds much like an amalgamation of both. Interestingly though, this piece of local lore continues to evolve and alter in more modern retellings, which claim that the murderous husband was Richard Russell Jr., who owned the hammock house in the 1740s. But that isn't the only change to the story since it was printed in that Raleigh paper back in the 70s. Now, folks don't claim that Richard Russell Jr. killed his wife. Instead, they say it was Russell himself who died on that fateful day. As the story goes, when Russell returned home to the hammock house from his journey at sea, he had an enslaved man with him, and immediately upon entering the home, he dragged the man up the stairs to the attic to punish him for some unknown infraction. But the enslaved man fought back, ultimately knocking Russell down the stairs in an attempt to get away. When Russell landed at the bottom, he was dead. His neck was broken. Of course, the origin of this legend is entirely unknown, and its veracity is more than a bit questionable. But what about its predecessors, the tale of Blackbeard's bride, or the murder of Lieutenant Ashby? To this day, there's no documentary evidence to support that either of these violent encounters ever actually occurred at the hammock house. And in spite of local lore, there isn't any evidence to indicate that Blackbeard ever stayed on the property as well. In fact, even if the hammock house was operational at the time of Blackbeard's life, it is unlikely that it would have served as a temporary headquarters for him, as it's well documented that he more often frequented Ocracoke Island, further to the north. Although it is known that he had traveled in and around Beaufort Inlet, after all, it is where he ran his ship aground prior to his death in 1718. So maybe local lore has a little bit of truth. As to the origin of this story, that too is unknown, in spite of the fact that it does seem to have been passed down through local lore for a considerable amount of time. Some even suspect that it is old enough to be the product of anti-pirate propaganda the British military was known to exaggerate or even outright manufacture tales in an effort to turn the public against pirates and aid in their capture. It's plausible that this story evolved from that, especially considering contrasting reports that Blackbeard, when not at sea, was generally kind to civilians. Of course, it is also possible that this story is an offshoot of the legend that Blackbeard had up to 14 wives one in every port. Similarly, 
the murder of Lieutenant Ashby by Captain Madison Brothers also seems to be nothing more than a local lore, possibly just an attempt to romanticize the presence of an unknown British sailor buried in Beaufort's old burying grounds. A simple post and sign marked the site with the brief but unique epitaph. British naval officer buried standing in salute to his majesty, King George III. It is only according to legend that folks believe the man buried there to be Lieutenant Ashby. As for the hammock house itself, much of the mythos surrounding it is based on the belief that it is one of, if not the oldest home in North Carolina. But it seems that this fact, so regularly boasted, may also be false. Most cite that early maps of Beaufort called it the White House, a landmark used by sailors to help guide their ships into port. At some point, folks began to believe that the hammock house was this location, yet it's unknown when that belief emerged. Many of the newspaper articles published in the last century cite this fact, claiming that some historians doubt the house is as old as most believe. Author Mary Warshaw attempted to piece this history together in her 2015 book, Historic Beaufort, North Carolina, a unique coastal village preserved. She writes that architecturally the property doesn't actually match the style of a house built in the early to mid 1700s, and instead is more similar to the structures of the late 17 to early 1800s. Using the home's architecture as a timeline, Warshaw then looked to the owner of the property at the time, Samuel Leffers, who also owned the White House property. In a letter dated between 1800 and 1821, Leffers wrote to his brother John, quote, My situation at present is agreeable. My new house is calculated to my fancy and pleasantly situated. We have a fine prospect of the sea. In front have a good garden and spring of water and are about 200 yards from the easternmost boundary of Beaufort Town. From this description, it seems that Leffer's new home, the building that would become known as the Hammock House, was built roughly 300 yards east of the location of the so-called White House, a fact further confirmed by property owner records. So it seems that many of the legends told about the infamous Hammock House may actually predate the building's construction. But does this discovery diminish the mystery surrounding the home or the experiences of those who have been there and had encounters they could not explain? Although the legends most often told about the beloved property may not be historically accurate, it doesn't mean that they aren't derived from tragedies and events that were in fact true. After all, even if the Hammock House isn't the old White House, it has still survived for centuries in the historic maritime city of Beaufort. My name is Brandon Schecksnyder, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic.
Southern Gothic is an independently produced podcast created by siblings Brianne and Brandon Schecksneider with the support of listeners like you. This month, we'd like to thank our most recent Patreon supporters, Teresa Farris, Courtney Donahue, Emily Carell, Kelly Taylor, Candace Perkins, Emily Matland, Wes Renfro, April Smith, and Maureen Burbage. If you're interested in joining us and receiving additional content, including ad-free episodes, head over to our Patreon page today. The link is in the show notes. Lucky Lady Shacks. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. My name is Matt, host of the Pirate History Podcast. Pirates rank among the most mythologized and romanticized of all historical figures. It can become easy to forget that pirates were real people that had real-world concerns. If you like tales of high seas adventure, daring do, and also want to learn more about who Blackbeard supported to be king, you can learn more about all of that at the Pirate History Podcast.